This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, this is Frida Liu and you're listening to Enterprise. It's also the final Monday of the month. Now, before I get into uh, who I'm speaking to, you all should know by now, uh, one of the things that many of us find difficult to do is to give feedback to others. Perhaps it's the patriarchal nature of Asian society where the father has the last word on everything and questions and resistance are not tolerated. Our school system too generally does not encourage two-way discussion and feedback and discussion and dissension of any type in the classroom is seen as rebellion that merits punishment. Uh, it's not surprising then that many of us find it hard to give and receive positive or constructive feedback. Talking about receiving, when someone pays us a compliment, we respond in an almost embarrassed way as if we don't deserve it. It's almost like throwing it back at the person who pays it. And let's not talk about constructive feedback. We often choose to take it as criticism and choose to get hurt or offended by it. Guilty. Now, when it comes to giving constructive feedback, many find it hard to give it directly to the person involved, but we're very good at venting to a third party. Uh, the biggest obstacle is fear of the consequences. Will the person treat me differently? Will my boss put me in cold storage? Will I be seen as a troublemaker? But why bother to give feedback though? Because feedback is an important way to establish boundaries for ourselves and to prompt another person to behave in a way that is acceptable and being open to feedback is a means of growing and improving ourselves if we don't know what we've done wrong or what we need to do better, how can we grow? So yes, you may have guessed that today's topic of the day is on the art of giving and receiving feedback and we have Human Equation founder Sheila Singham with us to discuss some case studies of people who learn how to give and receive feedback and have positive results as a consequence of doing so. So it's our Tools for Transformation series. And as always, we go through some case studies, right, Sheila? And uh, these are real-life case studies and how you handle them. Uh, the first case study is an executive came to you and said her boss was always shouting at her in front of the other team members and also in front of clients. Uh, the team and clients were uncomfortable with this and she herself felt humiliated and demoralized to the point that she wanted to leave the job. So... How did you help her? <laughs> you know, Frida, this uh, issue is more common than mm. you think. Every time I go in to do trainings with organizations, this is one of the big issues that they come up with. We uh, say, give feedback, draw boundaries, give feedback. Cannot they put us in cold storage. Now, here's what I told this executive, right? I said there are always consequences in every action that you do. If you keep quiet and accept this, then you are admitting that the other party, it's okay for the other party to treat you like this and you are consenting mm. to be treated in such a way, right? Mm. Every time we keep quiet when we are treated badly, then we are actually saying that, okay, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, come on. And if you do more, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Until the pressure builds up inside of us, then that causes to either become ill or to decide tender a resignation and go. So with this executive, she actually liked her job, you know. Um, she was she she liked her job and she loved being there. Mm. But it's just that her, her boss is a very high stress person mm. herself. Mm. You know, very driven to prove to the big boss mm. lah. You know mm. that you know mm. we need to do this and all that. So what I did was first thing I said. First of all, you got to separate the behavior from the person. Okay. When the boss is not under pressure, not yelling, screaming, all that. What sort of person is she? So then she's okay. We actually do can go and you know occasionally mm. have lunch and um, she does things like buy nasi lemak for the staff and jokes and all that with us. But when things go not according to her plans or you know as she's expected, then then she that's when the ah uh, 
emotions. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So I said, look, when people behave that way, it's their coping mechanism. Now, we're not making excuses for your boss. But really, uh, and this is a metaphor I will borrow from one of my trainees in the program. He said, when the hurricane's happening around you, what to do? Uh. I said, ah, but when there's a hurricane, have you ever heard of the eye of the storm? Mm. It's the calmest place. So you've got to go and create yourself, the inner self, as being the eye of the storm. If you're going to be buffeted, the perfect storm. Again. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you're going to be buffeted by winds here and there, every which way somebody says something, you're going to get worked up. Then, then you don't have your strength. Now, Frida, you you exercise. Mm. You know that you build your core strength. You actually become a stronger person. You can do all kinds of stuff if your core strength is there. Mm. And similarly, with our psyche, you need to have that core strength, that inner strength. So first of all, behind, I told this person, behavior is not the person. Nice person, behavior not good. Now then, second thing you understand, behind every behavior is a positive intention mm. for that person. Maybe not for you, but for that person. You ask that person, what is the positive intention? You ask yourself, what could be the positive intention she's getting by screaming yelling? Maybe to show power? Maybe to throw her weight? Because maybe she doesn't know any other way of managing. So can you find another positive, uh, another way for her to fulfill that positive intention? Like maybe... As, you know, the project is going on, instead of waiting till the end to go to her and give her things when, when the timelines are so tight, the deadlines are so tight, as you go along, come up with milestones in whatever work you all are doing for her so that you can go back and have measurement tools at each milestone and check it back with her. Mm. So that she's able to approve then and the pressure of the deadline is not there to make her go like like that line. Mm-hmm. No? So, okay, another thing, as I said, Take, do this technique. I taught her this technique of perceptual positions, which is to step outside your shoes, go into a neutral position and you know, observe the situation and see what um, stress right, the whole team is under. Right. Okay. Because sometimes, very often, we just point the finger at the boss and say, "Oh, you're like this, you're like that." But we are at that level and we don't know what they are going through from a higher management. Mm. And really, I, I'm sorry to have to say this, but very often EQ, emotional intelligence, sadly, is very much missing, mm. um, you know, at many higher levels, right? So um, you you got to go and understand what pressure she's under. So then now step into your boss's shoes. If you were doing her job and you and you know what pressure she's under, what how would your reaction be when deadlines are tight and you're closing, coming close to a deadline and things are not done, you know? So having said all of that, she managed to do that and get a different perspective. But the thing is, one of the things you also need to do is go and give your boss feedback. Mm. You need to have courage inside. To give people feedback takes courage because you never know how they're going to react. But you need to find a very objective and elegant way to give feedback. Mm. You go there in a sense of, you know, in a mood of drama, crying or throwing a tantrum and say, why did you shout at me in front of everybody? You know, I felt so humiliated. No one's going to take that feedback. So we gave her, I gave her a model of feedback and I call it, it it's, a, it's got an acronym. It's, it's called BEER, B-E-E-R. Uh-huh. B stands for behavior, state the behavior. E is effect. Mm. What is the negative effect of that behavior? The next T is expectation. What is the expected behavior? And finally, R is the result. Mm. If you engage in the expected behavior, it's very simple. Boss, I do understand sometimes that we're working against tight deadlines and that I might make mistakes or there might be lapses in work or judgment. 
when you shout at me in front of my subordinates or other team members and the clients, it causes them to feel uncomfortable. It causes the clients especially to think that we are in conflict with each other. So if they see the team that's in conflict, how then are they going to entrust us with their business? Mm. So it is creating that sort of an impression on our clients. Not to mention it's causing me to feel demoralized and humiliated. But okay, those feelings I can deal with. But more important, what are we projecting out there to clients? Right? So in future, if I've done something so terribly wrong, maybe we could discuss you know, uh, what I have done before we go in to see the clients. Or if you find out at the meeting that, okay, something's not been done, maybe you could take it out. We could take it offline after the meeting behind closed doors and you can tell me whatever you want. Give me that feedback and I'll be able to take it. Mm. But also, boss, this kind of, you know, when, when you let it rip like that, you know, rip into me like that, it's not giving people a good impression of you. Mm. And your ability to manage emotions, so people think that you know we we were very, we're not very stable, right? So I taught her. I made her write it, rehearse it. I did role play. I played the boss and all that. And then after that, still the question la, why frightened la? Mm. So we went back into her past and look at her history. Very highly authoritative father figure at home. You know, as you mentioned earlier, patriarchal, you know, mm. uh, cannot, in the brook, no, will tolerate no sort of uh, argument or anything like that. So we got rid of limiting beliefs that you cannot speak up and give feedback to authority mm. figures. We got rid of fear, fear that was installed, you know, by with a, in a relationship with her father. Mm. So after that, she was like more Branila, mm. was able to actually go and give the boss feedback. And guess what? The boss took it okay. Mm. Boss said, yeah, I, I understand. I sometimes do have that problem. I just can't control myself. Mm. So she came back and told me. I said, tell boss, come to see me. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a limiting belief. <laughs> she, she has. She's got anger la, inside. You know? yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll go through uh, more case studies after this. I'm here with uh, Sheila Singer from Human Equation. Stay tuned to Enterprise BFM 89.9. Because feelings... Matter, BFM 89.9. You're listening to Enterprise. Uh, I'm Frida Liu. It's Motivational on Monday. I'm here with Sheila Singham uh, from Human Equation, now Tools for Transformation Series. Uh, we're going through some case studies uh, around the topic of uh, the art of giving and receiving feedback. Um, here's another case study. A young lady came to you for coaching because her parents were very critical of her and she felt crushed and suicidal because she felt unaccepted by them. So um, what tools do you use to help her? I mean, this is quite bad, suicidal. Yeah, I mean, this is a state that she's been in from small. Compared to her siblings, she wasn't performing so well in school. So, you know, that itself, being compared itself was bad enough. But they were constantly saying things like, oh, you can't do this, or you're not good enough, and things. Maybe you shouldn't think about going to university, lah. maybe you should just do a diploma. And, you know, going on, she was always made to feel not good enough. So she had a whole heap of limiting beliefs, as you can see. So the first thing we did was to talk to her about her parents. Get her to, again, using the perceptual positions technique to step into the parents' shoes. Parents are old school, brought up by old parents, very traditional. So that's the only way they have of seeing things that, oh, their children must do brilliantly in school and then go out there and get to, you know, one of the big four professions like that. So they couldn't see that today, in today's scenario, there's so many jobs out there that uh, a person 
doesn't need to have so high academic qualifications, but you got to have if you have talent and you have passion, then you can go out there and do really well. And she did have passion and talent for certain things, but her parents didn't think that it was. Um, what's the word for it? Uh, appropriate lah. Mm-hmm. So, um, talked to her and first of all got her to step into their shoes. So, when she stepped into your shoes, she saw where they're coming from. Right? That's number one. So, that helped her to understand why they're nagging her and all that. And then the second thing that we did was to talk to her about cause and effect. The whole concept of cause and effect. Operating at cause is to be proactive. Operating at effect is to be reactive. And very often people say, oh, I can't help my feelings. But of course you can. Yeah. You can. Feelings will come. But are you going to allow them to stay there and fester inside of you? Or are you going to say, you know what? Okay, I felt bad about that. But, you know, I'm just going to move on from here now. But, of course, she had limiting beliefs about herself. So first step was to remove all the limiting beliefs that she cannot do this because her parents think she can't do this. And then to ask her what she really, really wants to do with her life. And she had an idea. Mm. Just had a well-formed outcome for that. And then remove any limiting beliefs about her ability to achieve that well-formed outcome. So we did that. Then, of course, clearing the emotions, get rid of sadness. Because she had so much sadness Mm. and hurt from her parents. Got rid of that. And then the next thing we did was to reframe. Mm. Teacher, reframing is a process of changing the meaning of something to give it a positive meaning. Mm. So you're looking at it as your parents are criticizing you. Why not you reframe it as they care? It's a sense of caring because they want you to go into the future and be successful. They don't want you falling by the wayside and just doing any kind of thing and not being able to succeed in life. So what, okay, and I'll ask you another question. What does it mean if your parents are not criticizing you? What does it mean? Picture, visualize the scenario. She said, if they're not criticizing me, it's two things. Lah. One, one, I've become very successful in something. Two, they're not around anymore. Mm. They're not there in your life. So I asked her to visualize what it's that and to see how it feels. She said, I love them. Mm. I cannot contemplate them not being in my life. So I said, you know, you're thinking of suicide. Eh? Imagine how they feel now mm. when you are not there and you decided to take that way out. And how it's going to be constantly putting, piling on guilt on them and mm. how remorseful they're going to feel for the rest of their lives when they don't even realize what they are doing. Right. So I said, have this conversation with your parents. All right. Yes, they are traditional, but you can talk to them. Have a conversation with your parents and say, and if you can't do it on your own, then get a family member, an elder sister or brother, what to help you with this. Because the brother and sister see what's happening and they don't feel it's right. So the parents mm. are constantly scolding her. And they know that she's very talented in, you know, in the arts, right? She's a great you know, painter and she wants to do graphic design and stuff like that. So go and talk to your brother, older brother and sister who's been successful and ask them to stand there and be like the mediator and tell your parents exactly what you feel and how this has brought you to the point of really wanting to do yourself in. Because if you don't speak out, and give people the feedback. Mm. How are they supposed to know how you feel? Because very often people act out of their own instincts. Yeah. They, they use the resources they know. Yeah. They lash out because that's how their coping mechanism. Mm. Sometimes often forget. And some people do. They do realize they, they, they're harming. And then they feel very sorry about it. And they try and make up for it. But the damage is done. So, you know, we, we just need to 
always learn to separate people's behavior from people. Mm, okay. Uh, so they so then the parents heard about it and then they they realized they, that they were de- they were devastated actually. They they hadn't realized they were imposing her, their map of the world on her. They didn't realize that it was had gone to this point mm. because she was very quiet about it. Very stoic, you know, just mm. listen and keep quiet and then, you know, just not not realizing the turmoil is causing her, mm, and that you know it was causing her to have this kind of thoughts. Mm. So to give them credit, the parents were really good in the sense that um, they did ask her, "Do you is there anything we can do to help you? We're very mm. sorry and stuff." And she said, "Yeah, maybe some therapy sessions would be good." <laughs> <laughs> so Some they good pay for that line huh? and coaching yeah. sessions. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now this is another case study. The head of department in a multinational came to you on the advice of her CEO uh, to seek coaching. Now several of the staff who had previously worked happily had left over a one-year period, wondering if she was the cause. Hmm. What advice did you give? Actually, she came to me based on a prompting, a gentle prompting from her. Uh, CEO to say um, there's hmm. a lot of turnover, a lot of attrition in your team since you came in. Those people were there for a while. We hired them before and they were working. But of course, here's the scenario. Before she came on board, the people were there, but they were just going with the flow, yeah. kind of laid back. Mm. So she came in, changed systems, implemented, imposed measures that were tough and all that. And of course, some people couldn't take it. But I think... Um, she began to realize that people can take change. It's how you communicate the change. And she hadn't communicated it in a very um, kind or, you know, fashion that, that, that people, that's acceptable to people. It was just do this, do this. You guys are not doing this. You guys are not doing that. Not in an empowering way. Ah, not in an empowering way. Lah. So first thing I said to her is, are you prepared to take the feedback from your staff? Mm. If you are not, then let's not waste any time. But if you are going to be open, if you're really seeking to change your inner self and see how you can change your management and leadership style, then you need to be open. So she said, okay, I am. I said, okay, first thing you need to do is go and do a 360. All right, look Mm. at the competencies you want evaluated. In this this sense, it was your leadership style, your communication style, you know, your way of giving feedback, whether you're empowering people and that sort of thing. So came up with some competencies, some questions and all that. And then said to her, go and give these questions to your staff and give it to your head of department. Head of department, of course, has a good impression of you because you managed to institute change. But these young people, and she said, yeah, but they'd be so frightened. They, they don't know whether I'll get any honest feedback. I said, you just give them the sheets and then you don't tell them no need to write their name. Okay. And then just ask them to give you the feedback. All right. So she said, okay. So first thing was to do that. And then after that, to have one-on-one conversations with people. And to reassure people that she was not going to take their feedback in the wrong way. I said, you need to drop your barriers. You really need to drop your barriers. You And then, of course, we, we I examined her belief about being in a leadership position. Mm-hmm. So again, it goes with situational leadership. Like I'm up there. Uh, and it comes from that, you know, hierarchical sort of system she had worked in all her life. That I'm up there, so I call the shots like that. And you have to do what I say. I said, today's young people are not going to listen to all of that. Mm. They don't like your attitude, you know, the way you are dealing with them. They'll just up and go. Many of a team are young. So um, that's one thing. And then, of course, I gave her some lessons on her 
physiology and tonality. I mean, she came across a bit scary, lah. Mm. You know that, that harsh kind of look, and then the tonality. I said, you got to soften that. You got to also let your physiology be more soft when you approach people. Don't be so forbidding, lah. Mm. <laughs> right? People are gonna get really scared of you, and they don't want to engage with you. And you need to learn to take feedback constructively. Mm. If you ask for feedback, then take it constructively and never penalize. Now, this is the thing a lot of leaders are not able to do. They say openly, oh, we welcome feedback, you know, in terms of growth and all that. Then when people get feedback, they get very defensive. So she did used to get a bit defensive in her feedback, right? So another thing also, we looked at her childhood again. What sort of childhood did she have? So if that was an authoritarian childhood, then, uh, of course, you know where she modeled that. Mm. Line, no? uh, because uh, when you're working in a team, uh, you need to be treating people. And there are some people who will object to this, saying uh, they're workers, you know, we shouldn't be treating them like family. But I think the team that feels safe, yeah. protected, empowered, cared for, is a team that's going to be happier and they're going to be more pro- uh, productive and perform better. But I did a little experiment, you know, mm. with uh, her. And I showed her, right? Uh, this is a little experiment. It's very cute. Lah. So what you do is you get a people, person to put out their hand, their right hand, and you are going to try and push the hand down. Mm. So I said to her, okay, when you are happy, think of a happy thought. So I tried to push her hand down. I couldn't. Lah. She fought me because she was strong. Mm. Then I said, okay, now think of a sad time in your life. Mm. All right? Put your hand out. I'm going to try and push it down. Boom, like that. The hand right. just went down. I said, what do you learn from this? She said, that, that just happened. Oh my God. How did that happen? I said, because when you are really disempowered, mm. when you are sad, when you're full of negative emotions and sadness and feel don't care and all that, whether in a relationship or at work, your body gets very weak. Mm. And when your body gets weak, you don't have energy. Mm. So that's why the number of MCs in your team is high. Not because people are simply pointing because they don't want to see your face. Maybe that could be one thing. Yeah. I don't know, lah. You know, but it's also because people are genuinely sick. The thought of coming to work makes makes them weak. Mm. Immunity goes down and things like that. So she realized she had a lot of work to do. But you know, to give her credit, of course, also the boss was watching to see mm. what she's gonna do about <laughs> this, lah. You know. Mm. And so now, so she's she's realizing it and making some changes. Correct. And I also asked her how mm. much positive feedback do you give your people. She thought about it and she was shocked to realize that she doesn't give positive feedback ah. to people. When things go wrong, she's quick to go and criticize. But criticize also in a way that, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the constructive, the constructive yeah. feedback model, right? Mm. Tell people what is the behavior that's not on. Tell them what is the effect of that behavior. Then what is the expected behavior and what is the result if they engage in the expected behavior? Think of beer. Think of beer. Very On a Monday morning. <laughs> now, okay. Now, <laughs> one way of getting motivated. Now, Amanda came to you because she had conflict with her family members and her staff. They said she was too defensive and could not take feedback. Uh, she was under a lot of stress and came to you because she needed some relief. So how did you help her? This was so interesting. Uh-huh. She was just very defensive. I mean, one of the things, uh, this is a lesson that all of us need to learn. Lah. And I personally also learned it the hard way. You know, I've got two teenagers and <laughs> I'm preaching all this stuff about giving feedback and all that. Well, they're not teenagers now. And one day I was, my you know, daughter was saying something and I just jumped in and said, but, but you're not right about that. And she said, mom, you know what? <laughs> you need to learn to practice what you preach. Oh. Right? 
You're not taking feedback Oh, you When I heard that I'm like oh, Yala that's How true you- It's terrible Right No then after People out there know And now people know anyway no, so. but First will be How dare you And then you're right Yeah, yeah But I didn't do that How dare you I, I dare not say that To my children now Right Because that's not An expected response right. So anyway I took it I took that as feedback mm. So now <clears throat> um, When she gives me feedback I listen So what The first thing is That I said to her Reframe all criticism as feedback. When people tell you something, people close to you, people don't tell you something if they don't care. There are some people that uh, come and throw thoughts, you're like this, you're like that. You know, because they're getting a positive intention out of that behavior because they want to maybe have some revenge on you. Know. But, but when people close to you give you feedback. I, I always said one thing that really helped me in my life, and I was very defensive as a young person, that really helped me to improve and grow. At every clod of criticism thrown at you, no matter what rubbish is there in that clod, always look for the grain of truth. Mm. Because otherwise, why would people say it? Right. There must be a grain of truth somewhere, mm. right? Take that grain of truth and that grain of truth or seed of truth and plant it and nurture it and watch it grow. And then you will change and you will evolve. So this is one thing I said to her. Always look for the grain of truth. Okay, mm. the next thing is um, reframe. Then I asked her, asked her to sit down and do like a SWOT analysis. What are your strengths? You know, you're, you're so strong, you're so caring, you're so this, you're that. Capitalize on that strength. And mm. then the weaknesses, this one, uh, cannot take feedback, mm. learn to practice. What you need to do from now onwards when people are giving you feedback about yourself is to make eye contact and zip the lips. Just mm. keep quiet until they have finished. And when they have finished, you are not to respond in a defensive manner to try and justify whatever your behavior, whatever you did. Just say thank you for the feedback. I'm going to go and think about it. And Mm. I value the feedback. So go back and think about it. Then, if there's any explanation required, you come back after three days in a very calm state and say, you know, that day what you were saying, yeah, it caused me to think a lot. To a certain extent, you were right, but I also want you to know that, you know, I didn't mean this or, you know, this is the reason I did it. And I just wanted to let you know. Okay, so that you are calm. Mm. Because at that point, when people give you feedback, you know, very hard to take, right? Mm. Uh, so I also give her state management skills. Lah. One of the things to dissociate. And I asked her, and this is a technique that uh, was uh, was created by Michael Hall. It's a meta-state model. So when someone comes to me and says that, I feel really bad about what he said. And I'll, I'll ask them, so how do you feel about feeling bad about what he said? Well, I don't like feeling bad. And how do you feel about not being in that state of not liking? And then they'll say, well, you know what? I want to change it. And how do you feel about changing it? Well, you know, I, I can just ignore what he said and decide to be positive. And how do you feel about deciding to be positive? I actually feel better already. Okay, great. So you took them, migrated them from a negative state to a positive state. It's very, very powerful and instantly, you know. Mm. It's something you can do yourself. Just sit down for two minutes and say, how do I feel about being this? What's percolating inside of me now? How do I feel about this? And how do I feel about that feeling? And how do I feel about it? So you're actually going like... Right. And um, you, you're asking, how do you feel about... That something huh? That feeling mm. So how do I feel About the feeling And how do I feel About the feeling How do I, So what happens ah. is From the negative You kind of go to A neutral feeling and then, then you keep asking them How do you feel about that Then they will migrate To a positive feeling See? And instantly You get that relief So I taught her How to do that hmm. 
So the, the weight of the the weight of the world is off her shoulders. Yeah, that that negative feeling just got dissipated and got you you actually immediately changing your state. So Frida, when people say, "Oh, I can't change my state," I can't get out of this feeling. These thoughts are there. You know, it's actually it takes conscious effort. Yes. Just like you don't get fit in the gym mm. by just sitting down watching TV and say, "Oh, there's nothing I can do, lah." You know, you need to go there and physically. Do the activities. You need to take action. Similarly, with your thoughts and your state and your feelings, you need to take control. You need to have the will to take control of it, all right, to operate at cause rather than let it take control of you. If we are all at effect of our negative feelings, then how? uh? And then if we are all going to operate depending on our state or our feelings, oh, you know what, today I feel really down. It's raining out there and I'm feeling sad. The sky is grey. So, you know what, I think I don't want to go to work today because I'm feeling sad. I'm not going to be productive anyway. Then how? Can I keep your job and get promoted right. and all that? But if you say, okay, the sky is grey, you know, it's really like reminiscent of one sad rainy day in my life. But you know what? I'm going to choose not to take mm. that on. I'm going to put some upbeat music and I'm going to listen or read some motivation stuff stuff on YouTube or you know Google or something or just call someone and make some funny, have some funny, have a funny conversation or dance. Yeah. Dancing is an amazing way of instantly changing your state. And I can tell you this, right? Every time I do a training program, I'll include a dance. <laughs> all right? So um, usually it's like after lunch, they're all in a sleepy state. Kind of slump <laughs> like that. So okay, everybody get up. We're going to teach you how to do the bangra. Uh, so we teach them how to change the light bulb, how to sweep the floor, point to the stars. We'll do that and everybody will do that instantly get energized. Right. Changing your physiological state, it's a great way, I mean your physiology is a great way to change your state. So you get out of bed and you're feeling like a bit low or something, negative thoughts are percolating uh, just put your favourite upbeat song and just play it and dance. It, mine is just going to the gym and just working out and mm. that huh, just that that wakes you up. Yeah, mm. that wakes you up mm. and that makes you feel better because you know, working out does release endorphins. And so do something with your physiology to get, an, even if it's just to get up yeah. when you're feeling very stressed at the office, get up from your place, go out there, don't go and get coffee because it makes you more stressed. Go out there and tell someone a joke <laughs> or you know, something like go catch out someone for two minutes like that, have a laugh and come back that instantly so we taught her all these uh, techniques lah, you know right. about uh, how to take uh, take on the feedback mm-hmm. in a positive constructive way to manage her state at that point of time when she was being given the feedback right and then it, it, and it's really important uh, this whole idea of feedback and we're always afraid to give it afraid to take it uh, but thanks for sharing with us the case studies the art of giving and receiving feedback I'm speaking to Sheila Singham from Human Equation you've been listening to Enterprise BFM 89.9 Thank you for listening to this podcast to find more great interviews go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes BFM 89.9 The Business Station